and welcome to episode 103 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we've got some privacy issues to talk about because, you know, when you have these mobile devices, you have privacy concerns, and there's an app that was in the spotlight this week, and I just thought it was interesting to kind of point out again how people are opting into things without necessarily knowing what they're opting into. And we are doing this show live on the No Agenda Stream, which is available on noagendastream.com. And we do almost all shows, it seems, go live. The good ones, anyway, at noon Eastern time on the No Agenda Stream. We do Grumpy Old Ben's on Monday and Friday. We've been doing Random Thoughts Wednesday. And of course, the namesake of the stream, if you're unfamiliar with it, which I don't know how you could be if you're listening to my shows, but it's possible. That would be the No Agenda Show at noon Eastern plays on Thursday and on Sunday. So if you're going to check out the No Agenda stream at any time, there's always something going on. But it seems that noon Eastern time is a sweet spot for the live content. Although you will no longer find the No Agenda show if you use the Spotify app. This was something that happened yesterday. And it really doesn't come as a surprise to me because we've been seeing where this kind of stuff is going. The social justice warrior world. I mean, we were kind of surprised, at least I was, that Joe Rogan went to Spotify. I mean, I understand the money. It's a lot of money. I understand taking the money and I applaud him for taking the money. But by going over to Spotify, it seems he's now caused a lot of issues within the company. Because the employees are pissed off that there's so much dangerous content available in the Joe Rogan experience. And by dangerous content, of course, what social justice warriors mean by that is freedom of speech, freedom for people to say things that you don't like, freedom for people to say things that you disagree with. And it's interesting when you have a CEO of a company who is backing somebody say like Joe Rogan but then has a whole bunch of employees who are working against him and i have no idea what happened in the background here when it comes to the no agenda show disappearing and we probably will never know and that seems to be one of the biggest problems that people are having with this over on the usual social media sites at least the reasonable uh, reasonable rational people are saying it would be nice when Spotify or anybody of that sort, when they make a change, in this case, pulling the No Agenda show off the Spotify app, it would be nice if they actually explained to people what happened, why it happened, because there was, you know, a guy that was listening over on, uh, posted on No Agenda Social that, oh, I was listening to No Agenda on my way into work. Then I had to pause it, went in for a meeting, and I went back to continue listening, and it was gone. So you have customers of Spotify actively listening to shows while they disappear. And of course, then they think, well, was this just an error? What happened? Is my device screwed up? I mean, you're using an app. So Ryan Bemrose of Grumpy Old Beds would tell you that's a problem right there. And happy birthday to Ryan Bemrose. It's his birthday today. Yay. It's also his anniversary. Yay. And he's getting some dental work done. So nobody can say that my podcasting partner doesn't have a great way of scheduling things. 
But I uh, hope you have a good day, Ryan. He's listening live here on the No Agenda stream. But there's a lot of confused people then when you're using the Spotify app to listen to the No Agenda show. And it just kind of disappears mid show. It's just gone. And the whole page for all the episodes gone without any explanation. But I mean, I think we all know why the No Agenda show was removed from Spotify. We can all connect those dots if we've been following along. And we have. But this is an issue. And it's not technically, I mean, it's censorship. The company can do whatever they want because they are a private company. They're not a government entity. So everybody can yell about censorship, but they're free to do whatever they want. It's just, is this good for business or bad for business? And I think you're going to find out in the long run here that having a bunch of social justice warriors run your business is absolutely not good for the bottom line. I think Disney's going to figure that out. I think every major sports league is going to figure that out. I think Spotify is going to figure that out because people want to be able to make their own damn decisions. Nobody needs Spotify to be your parent to say, oh, no, that no agenda show, that's bad. Or this particular episode of Joe Rogan is bad. Or this particular part of the Joe Rogan show needs to have a warning added to it that maybe you're not hearing accurate information. I mean, God forbid you might hear somebody say something that's not accurate. I mean, you can get that. Just turn on any any mainstream media news and you're going to hear people saying things that are absolutely not correct. And that's just the people reporting the news, not even just the people that they have on. Don Lamont, and he had to back this off now. I mean, this is the hilarious part with these lefties is that they then want to come back later and go, no, no, you were just misunderstanding what I was saying. And the hilarity of the Don Lemon thing was he was talking to Chris Cuomo, who is no right winger, man. He's a pretty big lefty along with Don Lemon. And Don Lemon's going off on this ultra lefty rant. And you they're side by side on the screen. And Chris Cuomo just like shaking his head like, uh, uh-uh, I don't see that. <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. And uh, that's how, you know, maybe you're a little bit too far left. Donnie boy. Uh, but now he wants to back up when he's what he doesn't want. He or he wants to back up and he refuses to back up what he said, which is, yeah, we have to blow up the whole system. We have to get rid of the electoral college. We have to. It's just so unfair that a minority of people pick the president. It's like you don't understand the system. I mean, he does. I think he's just a lying activist, but that's what you're going to get over on CNN. And on Spotify, it's turned into this. And if you're still using the app, that's fine. I mean, this is the issue with Spotify. There's a lot of people who are lazy or just darn right dumb and don't know what's going on and go, oh, well, I'm, I want to listen to the Joe Rogan experience, man, because that's the best. So I'm going to go over there and I'm going to use a Spotify app now for all of my podcasts and won't realize that, well, all those podcasts just don't exist or that Spotify is now actively getting rid of shows, censoring shows off of their platform, deleting complete shows off their platform without giving any reason whatsoever. And there was one guy on uh, Twitter who I think follows Grumpy Old Band's random thoughts. And that was like, well, maybe we're just giving them 
you know, we're giving them a bad rap because maybe the, maybe maybe Adam and John requested the show be taken down. It's like, I guarantee you that did not happen because there is no negative for John and Adam to have the show on Spotify. I know Rogan at one point had his show removed from Spotify because he's like, screw you, man. I got a bunch of ears and you're not paying me anything to be on your platform and you're running extra ads and all this. And we know that's gone now. Uh, We've gone completely done a 180 because now Rogan is with them exclusively. But a show like No Agenda or Random Thoughts or Grumpy Old Bands or any show that uses the value for value model, there's absolutely no negative to all of these paid for walled garden type services from carrying your show. You want your show everywhere when you're giving it away free. Adam and John say, oh, you want to re-release our show? You want to edit the the swear words out and re-release it? That's fine. They don't care. So there's no way they ask Spotify not to carry their show because, you know, you're not paying us. You have to understand how all of this stuff works. But when you're doing value for value, when you're doing everything for free and say, hey, use this content, use this content any way that you want. But, you know, understand if you want more, people got to pay. They got to get take part in the value for value model. If you, you if you're using that model, there's absolutely no reason to want somebody like Spotify not to carry your show. So it's going to be interesting to see where Spotify goes from here. Whether this is going to be a thing that continues. I mean, there was just an article that I was checking out a little bit on Facebook coming up to Election Day is already talking about censoring people and things that may or may not be said when we come up to Election Day, which, of course, is going to be a complete shit show. No question about it. Absolutely no question about it. My mom was waiting for a letter from somebody that she knows. They say we dropped this in the mail. And we're talking uh, maybe about 20, well, maybe 30 miles away was where the letter was coming from. U.S. Postal Service took six days to get there. So 30 miles, six days. How do you think this voting is going to go? And I mean, let's also not forget if our buddy Big Loaf is listening. It's been in the news here because he said nobody fires at anybody except the cops because the cops are fascists. I think this year, three postal carriers have been shot in Chicago. (laughs) I mean, this is the world that we live in. The postal carriers in the Chicago area are threatening to stop delivering the mail to the neighborhoods where violence is out of control. And rightfully so. I don't care how much you pay somebody. The job's not worth it. If you're getting shot at just for trying to deliver the mail and in Chicago, it's not just the cops that get shot. It's the post office employees. It's the EMTs. It's the firemen. And um, this is what happens when you have liberal DAs that refuse to prosecute people. I mean, I also saw another story. New York. This is great. I mean, how far has New York fallen? where their transit authority, the MTA, I think it is in New York, is finally making it official that you can't poop on the subway or on buses. I mean, they're having such a problem with this that they figured it's finally time they have this in their uh, code of conduct that we just want to let you know for sure (laughs) you're not supposed to be defecating 
in the subway, on the subway, on the buses. That's New York. This is what you get when you stop treating all the small crimes like they're nothing. Like, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to do anything. Society breaks down because people are dicks. People are drug addicts. People will do things that you don't like. And when you go, well, you know, we're not going to if they're just pooping on the subway. What are we going to do? Arrest them for that? Come on. I mean, the guy that pooped in Nancy Pelosi's driveway, that on the other hand, I mean, that was should be protected by your freedom of speech as a political. uh, It should be a political statement that should most definitely be a protest. That's no doubt about it. If you're going to poop on Nancy Pelosi's driveway, that should be protected as First Amendment protesting rights. But hey, it's America. Things are going a little bit. Kitty wumpus is a great term, I think. Look it up. Now, the app that was in the news this week, which I thought this was interesting, because if you've been listening to the show, if you've been listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, the other podcast that I do, we talk a lot about apps. We talk a lot about mobile devices. We talk a lot about privacy. So when this thing popped up, I'm like, okay, this is yet another good reason to remind people of a bunch of things. There is an app called Strava. I mean, I guess that's how you say it. S-T-R-A-V-A. It's a running and cycling app. So I know Ryan Bemrose, he's never used this. Of course, I've never used this. But it's an app that you use when you're going out and running or cycling so you can track your performance. Now, it turns out that the app is a little bit insecure and that by default, the privacy settings are nil. This was the same app that a while ago was in the news because they released a what they were calling, I think, a heat map, which was showing where people jog, people run, whatever, because this is what these things do. They track your performance and they show you exactly where you run, how long it took you to from start to finish, all this other good data, which granted is helpful to people that are trying to track their performance. But they released all of this data as a big dump, and it was uh, 13 trillion sets of GPS coordinates, and they ended up accidentally kind of showing where some military bases are because people that were using this happened to be in the military, and there were areas where it's like, wow, there seems to be a lot of activity in this area. So that was a bad thing. But that was just one of these kind of, you know, fringe Things that this data could accidentally give up. We saw this when COVID 19 started, that they had a heat map of all the phones that were on a Florida beach one day and then showed where those phones went over about the next week or so. And it was all over the country. And that's when people maybe start realizing a little bit that all this GPS data on their phone maybe wasn't as safe and secure and private as they thought it was. And even though your name might not be attached to this stuff, that's uh, it's not that hard to put data piece A together with data piece B. Now, in the case of this Strava app, it just happens that the head of data production development at Experian, which a lot of people have heard of Experian, it's one of these credit reporting companies. Well, this guy was a user of this app, of the Strava app. And he was out running one day and he decided, uh, 
He got home. Well, this he tweeted about his experience. Let me just give you exactly what he said. Quote, out running this morning on a new route and a lady runs past me. Despite only passing, when I get home, the Strava app automatically tagged her in my run. I click on her face and it shows her full name, her picture, and a map of her running route, which effectively shows me where she lives. So now let's be clear about this. He was out for a run. This woman just ran past him. Don't know if she was faster than him and ran past him or was just going the other way. Either way, he didn't know who she was. He had never met her before. She was not a friend of his in the app. She wasn't a friend of a friend or anything else. They happened to just be two people, both using the same app, the Strava app, in order to track their runs. And they ran past each other. And then the app put the two of them together. It's a stalker's dream app. There's no doubt about it. She ran past him for a brief moment. And now the data of exactly where she ran, what she looks like. This is uh, this is some bad stuff. But it turns out that this data isn't only available to people in the app. It's available to anybody who has an Internet connection which uh, makes it all the bit more fun. Now, the company, once this was put out there, and obviously this guy has enough of a following that the company noticed this post. And it's always sad when it takes something like this for the company to notice it and make changes. Oh, absolutely. Harry Hamster says two chips passing in the night. That's exactly what this was. Two phones passing each other. That said, hey, I, we, I see you for a minute. You see me for a minute. Boom. We'll send our data both ways. And now the person's tagged in and they say, OK, well, you can turn all of this stuff off. And if you go to look at the application and exactly what the privacy settings are, there's a bunch of different settings that you can make on it. But they have uh, four different categories. One was the profile page, which I'm assuming that's where, you know, the woman's picture came from and complete name so i mean again as always lie when you sign up for any of these services lie do not give your real name of course in this case when they're tracking your run most people i mean i know there's some some places around here that there's like tracks and stuff through the forest preserves that maybe some people get to the forest preserve and then they go on the run and they're okay you're relatively safe but now if you're starting your run and ending your run at your house and those GPS coordinates are public, well, it's not going to be really hard for you to be found, especially then when you add the profile page with their picture and their name, and then there's an activities, a group activities, and a flyby section. While this was the flyby section that put this woman on the guy's app, and you have to go in now, and while all four of those, by default, have the everyone setting, which means anybody that can access, anybody that can look on the internet can find the stuff. You have to change that from everybody to nobody, which probably isn't a bad idea. The uh, bleeping computer folks explained it this way Flyby is a Strava feature that lets cyclists and runners play back their recorded activity and see others near them on a map and a timeline. As Flyby's default setting is to share your activity with all nearby people. 
Anytime you run or cycle past another Strava user, your information will be exposed. So, I mean, if you are one of the folks using these apps, you should probably go in there and change all of those. And Sir Bemrose, you're absolutely right in the No Agenda Troll Room. You're just basically changing everybody to only hackers, which maybe doesn't even make you all that much safer when it comes down to it, because this is just a case of the company being completely derelict in doing anything to try to protect people using their app and they default to everyone. And it's a very dangerous thing because anybody at all can put this on their phone. It's not like you even have to go buy a Fitbit or you have to buy a certain piece of hardware. So really, if you want to track down that attractive jogger you see running through the park, well, put this on your phone and get close enough to them that if they're using this app, boom, they'll be tagged. You'll be tagged. Like I said, it's a stalker's dream. And anybody using this app should be well aware of the issues that it can cause. And at the very least, you probably want to go and change your privacy settings, but you might actually want to think twice about using any app that is going to be sharing your data in this manner at all. But the question is, how many apps have this ability? We've talked about this about a whole bunch of different apps, including dating apps. I mean, this was going to be the greatest way to revolutionize dating, if you remember at one point. Well, I mean, hey, anytime, if you're in the grocery store, and you're on the dating app and the girl's on the dating app and you're both close to each other, it'll give you a ping and you'll see. I mean, sure, there are uses for this kind of data, but the reality is it's a privacy nightmare. How many other fitness apps use this stuff? How many social media apps are using this stuff and taking the data in the background, whether you realize it's doing it or not? And that's a good question. I mean, so you have to be careful of what apps you're running. You have to be careful about what's running in the background. You can use the Ryan Bemrose method, and that would be to delete all apps on your phone. Although, I mean, I think his method is to then lock your phone in your drawer and never take it out of the house, which does increase the security, but it does also decrease the ability of things that you can do with the device. But it's important to know what apps are accessing. And it doesn't matter what type of device you're running. You should always go into the settings and see exactly what permissions each and every app that you have on your device and see what they have access to. If you haven't used an app in a while, it's probably a good idea to just delete it. I mean, hey, if you don't use something daily, it's often a good idea to just delete that application. And that way you don't have to worry about it doing something in the background because. Even if you go through and turn location services off, which you can do on Android devices or on Apple devices, do you really know that it's no longer giving your location information out? No. I mean, I've tried this with things like trying to use a VPN, say, to watch a baseball game because the idiots at MLB still want those to be blacked out. Well, when you're doing it on a phone, they won't let you do that because they know it should be getting some GPS information and they're trying to get the GPS information and the GPS really isn't shut off. You're just saying don't use that particular data. So if you're not using an app 
delete those apps and definitely go through your device. Most people haven't done this in a long time and see what apps are on there. And some of them come from the phone manufacturer and maybe you've never used. Delete those if you can. Some might come from your uh, company that you're using for your phone service. Same thing. Go through those. Delete those if you can. And the ones you can't delete, make sure you know what permissions they have and be well aware of what's running on your phone. So, I mean, you can turn the GPS off and that will help a little bit. But knowing the permissions is a big deal deleting what you don't use and turning off the other radios on your device will make you even more well a little bit safer but you also then may have an issue i mean turn ice turn off bluetooth because i don't use it on my phone but i know a lot of people need that for their little earbuds and stuff like that so then you can't turn off the bluetooth turn off the nfc the near field communications turn off the wi-fi if you can if you're not using that and just be careful because there are things I, I believe there's still, even though we've mentioned it on the show a few times, I still think there's a lot of people who don't realize that by default, your phone's picture app, you know, when you go in to take a photo, your camera app is adding the GPS metadata to those photos. And is that a useful thing? Sure. I mean, it's great if you're off on vacation or something, then you want to remember where you took this photo. Boom. You can see exactly the GPS location where you took the photo but this gets a little bit more complicated when you're then sharing this photo with the world on the internet in some way shape or form there are some social media sites that know this is a problem and will strip the information out and there's others that don't do you know if the one you're uploading to does that or not no so the best thing you can do is strip any gps information out of the photographs before you upload them anywhere, send them to anybody that you might not want to know where you were when you took the picture. I mean, these are things that you have to worry about in today's connected world. If you have kids too, you teach them these kind of things because it doesn't matter if you're inside, you know, your daughter taking a picture, your son taking a picture inside the house, in their bedroom, boom, sending that out to the world. Well, if the GPS location's in there, now anybody that gets that photo can see exactly where you live. Again, it's a huge privacy nightmare and you can run a vpn on your phone and i highly recommend that people do but the vpn doesn't take any uh, steps to try to hide your gps locations and uh, you should also have the ability to have a kill switch in your phone and again you need a company that you're going to trust to do this there's a lot of them out there i use bitdefender that if your phone does fall out of your hands with all of your information on it and you realize it's been stolen you're never going to get it back if that's still connected to a network anywhere in the world you can go in and totally wipe the thing which is a really good idea and uh, something a lot of people don't think about until it's a little bit too late but the amount of uh, data that these devices are collecting is uh, absolutely insane if you really want to have fun, go look at your location history in either your Apple device or your Android device. And uh, I mean, if that doesn't scare you, if that doesn't cry out big brother, I don't really know what does. I mean, sure, you can request that Google wipes your data or Apple wipes your data, but you really don't know if it's wiped. Harry Hamster asking that question in the troll room as we speak. You don't really know 
that the data is truly wiped out. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. There's absolutely no way for you to know. So really, the only winning move is not to have one of these devices. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see people uh, going all to flip phones and to devices like that because the stuff's like an addiction. Everybody wants their Candy Crush. They want their latest game. I mean, hell, they want to be able to play Fortnite on their phone and device. And everybody needs to have one of these in their pocket at all times, it seems. And there is a huge downside to the technology even totally forgetting for a moment that you're carrying around multiple cameras and microphones that can be tracking you, watching you, listening to you at any time, day or night. But no, there's absolutely nothing to worry about here. Trust Apple. Trust Google. Trust the government. I mean, the, the CDC. Now, this was, I mean, not unexpected, this story this week, when the CDC, for a brief shining moment, appeared to possibly be telling us the truth. They finally came out with a statement that said, hey, you know what? We believe now that COVID-19, not just spread by droplets, they came out with a statement that said, you know, we do think this could be spread via aerosol, meaning it floats in the air a little bit further than uh, six feet away. But I mean, remember, everybody stays six feet away, wear your mask. Of course, if it is actually a disease that's aerosolized and Dutch scient uh, scientist, yeah, numbers guy, Maurice DeHunt talked about this months ago. We talked about it here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If it is aerosolized, the social distancing thing, kind of worthless. The masks, kind of worthless. So this was a big deal that the CDC came out and said, well, we think the disease is aerosolized. But then, like Don Lamone tried to, the CDC backtracked. They came out with a statement, quote, unfortunately, an early draft of a revision went up without any technical review. This is from Jay Butler, the deputy director of the infectious disease at the for infectious disease at the CDC, adding, referring to the update. We are returning to the earlier version and revisiting that process. It was a failure of process at the CDC. Now, anybody that's had to write documents, I mean, high school, college, grammar, whatever. If you had to write a paper, I mean, we've all had drafts. We've all had drafts and we've made revisions after to, uh, you know, to tidy things up a bit. But how often does the meat, the main information of that draft, how often does that go and completely change? Because that's what the CDC is expecting everybody to believe here was that, well, you know, this was a draft. It was it was just it wasn't wasn't meant to go out. And, yeah, they're saying somebody screwed up, but screwed up what? That they totally got what they were writing incorrect. I mean, maybe that happened or they accidentally posted something that they shouldn't. Well, which is it? Because when you're writing a draft, it's not a misspelling. It's not a small mistake to make to go, well, no, we now believe this is aerosolized. 
So this doesn't make any sense. This makes zero sense. And it reeks of a cover up. It reeks of the CDC intentionally not telling the truth to the people. And uh, as always, it's a story that's going to going to have to be followed to see where it goes, because a lot of really smart people have been saying it seems to be aerosolized for months. And the fact that the CDC now is, well, they posted that it was and then had to pull it back and now vehemently just saying it was a mistake. Well, was it a mistake or was it not? Rather than telling me that this was a draft that went out in error, uh, Mr. Butler of the CDC, why don't you explain why the draft said that it was aerosolized? And, uh, And that would go a lot further along, at least in my book at letting me know exactly what's going on here and who's telling the truth or, uh, you know, here, maybe not telling the truth, but that's what we got. That is the new world order. That's where we're going. Are things going to get better before the election? Doubtful. I think what we're going to have as we move up to the election is uh, what we're seeing with Spotify taking down the no agenda show. I think you're going to see this a lot more coming from all different ends of the spectrum big and small from people getting shadow banned or kicked off of the usual social media sites. And we're going to see a complete war against freedom of speech. And this is not dangerous speech that is out there. And I warned against this 10 years ago or more when the whole bullying thing came out, that this was all just going to be used to silence your ability to speak your mind. And that's what we're seeing here. I have no doubt if this show had enough people listening to it, that it would be gone from some of these podcast listings because people don't like to hear things. Oh, you're, you're saying the CDC might be doing something bad. Oh, we can't have that. Oh, you dare to disagree with the WHO. We can't have that. You dare say that. Oh no, Trump is good. No. He deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. No, these are all dangerous things to the left because they are clinging to an ideology at this point and they they can feel it. They can smell it. The violence in the street is getting these people off and they're ready to take this to the next level, which means when Donald Trump wins in November, and I believe he will, you're going to see the violence that you're seeing in the street today. Nothing. This is just getting warmed up. This is just the beginning, and it's not going to get any better until some kind of sanity is brought back in so many areas of the world, including the media, and that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. In social media, as we've suggested in the past, the best way to communicate with people that you know, not through social media not through texting. This is all stuff that is going to be shadow banned. It's all going to be censored in some way, shape or form. I mean, if you can figure out how to set up something like Tox, which I know not a lot of people want to do. We did it as an experiment. Didn't get a whole lot of traction with it. But if you know people who are technically minded, you might want to set something like that up where you know that the communication you're having is completely encrypted and can't be intercepted between any uh, by anybody in between you and set it up yourself because I don't trust 
any of these other things like signal and all these other telegram, all this other bull crap, they all have the ability to be uh, to be spied upon, which is why Russia now wants to get rid of all encryption. We've heard that from the United States too. encryption is bad. We're going down a bad path, folks, and the best thing you can do is know what's going on and inform your friends, neighbors and all those kind of things. Knowledge is power, or so they said. We do want to thank our buddy Harry Hamster for being our one and only donor for today. He is a good guy. His real name's Bob. It's not Harry. And he is a big time supporter of the Random Thought Show and of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. And he's always wanting to hear the curly shuffle because that's the kind of music he likes, I guess. But we appreciate it, Harry Hamster, and anybody. We do work on the value for value model as we talked about earlier in the show, which means. If you like the content that we're producing here on the Random Thoughts podcast, it's up to you. We're giving it to you for free, man. That's our deal. That's our part of the whole thing. If you think you got value, you figure out a way to give some value back. The best way to do that is to go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and click on that donate button. Use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route. There is a QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at Darren at randomthoughts.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com on Twitter, random podcast or Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. With all that said, again, a very happy birthday to Ryan Bemrose. I'm sure the dental work will be a lot of fun, but we will be back next Wednesday for another fun. Well, you know, like usually fun. What an exciting edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.